Hello and welcome to Obehi Podcast. I'm your host, Obehi Ewan And I strongly believe that everyone has a story to share. Now let's get started with this episode. Well, it's morning here in California. And thank you very much for having me today as your guest. I really appreciate it. And uh, I'm always happy to help wherever I can. That's uh, serving others is my purpose. So um, in California, I grew up here back in the 60s and I graduated from college and went into the corporate world, spent 27 years in sort of what I would call the multi-billion dollar Fortune 100 um, corporate space. And uh, I was in sales, product management, project management, and ultimately the biggest success I had was in running larger teams. And I had a team of about 35, and we did about $500 million in annual construction, about $4 million in uh, profit on an annual basis. And that was 27 years, and then they decided to move to Dallas, and I was ready for a change, and in 2010, I left the big corporate world and I brought my corporate tools and tips and techniques to small business. I really wanted to run my own practice. I really wanted to um, you know, work for myself instead of working for somebody else all the time. And I think that's a dream that many people have. And I invested in coaching uh, education and I joined the Focal Point coaching team, which is powered by Brian Tracy. And I spent seven years with them learning how to be the best coach I could be, some of the best coaches in the world tools, techniques, um, all kinds of training. And then in 2017, as you could see the digital revolution really just taking hold, um, I joined Jeff Walker's uh, Internet Alchemy team, which is all about digital marketing. And I've spent the last three and a half years really in that digital marketing space because that is it's the wave of the future. I don't think anybody's arguing about that anymore. At one time, it was funny. I, I, people would tell me they didn't need a website. When I first started in 2010, people said, I don't need a website. Can you imagine trying to run a business today uh, without having a website? Uh, digital marketing is is the key. And um, so, you know, I've spent the last 10 years working with a variety of different small business owners. So I provide that class of education very quickly, very efficiently. Um, so they're not having to go back through four years of school or do an MBA. And that, that's that's my model. That's how I work with my clients. Uh, since this is uh, a period that is particularly uh, challenging, can you like tell us how is it in California where you are there uh, in terms of uh, how people are maybe adapting to the situation also of COVID-19? Well, it's all about the pivot. Uh, you know, there are, you know, some businesses are thriving in COVID. So essential businesses, um, you could look across the board, the stock market's up. Uh, some businesses are thriving, but the small business that, um, you know, particularly in uh, retail or events, um, you know, they're, they're, because they shut down the economy here, and I think they did it all around the world, um, you know, they weren't able to get customers into their store. So whether it was retail or restaurants or events, um, really, really struggling and having to pivot. and. Realistically, building uh, products and services that can be purchased and acquired 
online in a digital marketplace. I was reading on your website uh, where it was uh, written, actually where you put uh, uh, make the right move. And I sort of uh, I got fascinated by that. Uh, looking at the situation, looking at the circumstances that are facing all of us and businesses today, what would you consider as the best move that businesses should make to remain in business? Because that is the most important thing at the moment. You know, I think it's a, it's a, it's a process and a strategy more than anything else. It's, it's just being goal-centric being very focused on, on what your goals are. You might have had to adjust your goals. You might have had to adjust your strategies because adversity, COVID-19 struck, and you have to shift. But you need to, you need to be goal-centric and create a plan that allows you to uh, move your business in the direction that you need it, need it to move. Planning is the first thing. One minute planning will save 10 minutes in execution. And as we look forward into that plan, I mean, it starts with, first off, you've got to make sure that you, you and your team have the right attitude and that you're willing to learn new things. And frankly, whenever you're learning new things, you're going to be making some mistakes. So you've got to be able to accept those and move forward. That's part of the learning process, part of the growth process. And then just getting super clear on your goals, the team that you need, the, um, the steps uh, in the right moves. So I, I was a chess player when I was younger, competitive chess player, played in the U.S. Chess Championships back in 1976. And in chess, it's it's very simple. You're trying to take the king and you move your pieces and put them in the right places, do, do, the, do a better job than your opponent, and you win the game. And in business, it's very, very similar, right? If you take the assets that you have, there's you, you're the most important, most valuable asset that you have, the one thing you have 100% control over. Uh, there's your team. And then you might have some equipment and you might have some capital. And essentially, you're going to have to position those in the right places to be most effective to achieve your goals. But everything is goal centric. And I, I would say that investing in people and investing in technology are two things that you have to do today to ensure success. All right. Thank you so much for that, uh, Mr. John. You see, uh, talking about a business tip for us is something very important because, um, like you said at the beginning of the video, uh, you were not satisfied with, with the way the system is set up for you in terms of jobs. So you, just, you need more. You were hungry, like Les Brown would say, no? that you got to be hungry if you really want to get more out of, out of life. So I sort of appreciate that a lot. Uh, now, uh, there is something that a lot of people probably haven't take note of, in that the disruption in the economy is not only linked to uh, COVID-19. Even before COVID-19, a lot of people have been talking about the idea of going online, take your business online, you know? COVID-19 just accentuated the urgency around moving online. Uh, the world, world was moving that way anyways. Um, and the reality is that you can now serve a global marketplace online. You can, you can serve, I have clients in Switzerland and I have clients in uh, Venezuela and Taiwan. Um, you know, you have to manage the time zones, but you know, before digital marketing or before the digital activity that was available, I couldn't, I couldn't do that. And now you can, so that wave, that wave started long before COVID-19, but COVID-19 just said, oh, it's more urgent now. Uh, now, when we talk of uh, uh, business tip, managing business, because it's a complex thing, of course, you are a coach, so you know this uh, perfectly well. Uh, now, the thing I'm trying to uh, sort of drive at here now is the idea of continuous learning. Now, as a coach, how do you see the importance of continuous learning in the business environment? 
Uh, absolutely critical. Uh, continuous learning has is a requirement, uh, and it's not just now. It's not today. It's been around forever. How do I get a little better today than I was yesterday? And it never stops. I might decide to change businesses. You might decide to to retire or whatever. But continuous learning um, is is the key. And it, <clears throat> every day we're trying to get just a little bit better than yesterday. Um, one of my favorite terms is kaizen. That's the Japanese term of you know continuous constant incremental improvement let's get a little better every day i tell the story uh, you know if you were able to get one tenth of one percent better at something every day could you do that so that's about being four minutes or so more efficient every day um, and if you could do that and i don't think it's that hard but if you could do that continuously get better you would literally be about 26 percent better at the end of one year and it's compounding so every month you're 2% better, but it's 2% compounded on top of 2%, and that first year is 26%, but then literally you could be 50 or 60% better. And that, that depends on you know the, the amount of time you're investing in your business, the, gener the revenue that you're generating. It's all about constant, continuous, incremental improvement. Now, uh, I want to uh, ask uh, something about business management because this is something a lot of people are finding uh, some difficulty in. Uh, in. Uh, since you are a coach, I don't know if you want to share something with us um, in what businesses need to know, and uh, that is what business owners need to know about uh, the key aspect of business management. Well, um, you know, there's all the technical sides. Um, and, uh, and today, I think we really have this interesting gap. We've got the business owners seasoned, experienced, but they're not technically proficient necessarily. Uh, and then we have this young talent that's grown up with the internet and grown up with digital, and they're super technically proficient, but they don't have the expertise. They don't have the experience of business. So I think you really need to marry those two things together um, to get to, to achieve the synergy that allows you to grow faster. You know, just to take off a lot faster. Understand that it's great to have a digital system. It's great to have technology. But if your people aren't in the right place, if they're not in the right mindset, then they can't access or use the technology effectively. Culture eats strategy for breakfast. And I'm not saying don't have strategy, but you've got to have the people component in place. And you really have to have a, uh, a clear digital strategy today. That, that is absolutely important. It's absolutely important. Um, now, yesterday, I interviewed uh, a lady who is uh, doing business. They, they have a kind of innovative business in, in Abuja, Nigeria. So the question I was asking her, because, of course, we are trying to consider people who maybe are at home now. They are locked down because of uh, uh, the challenges, of course, that we all uh, have. But uh, it is also the time for us to start businesses, no? And some of them don't even know where to start from. Uh, so I was asking, like, how do you go about uh, research the market and try to produce something that the people need? So I want to throw the same question to you. Uh, when you want to go into business, those things like uh, study the market, try to understand what the people need before you then go into produce and things like that. How do you usually approach those kind of areas? So I, I think you can just go try to study the market and create a product. I mean, that's one way to do it. Um, the long-term step back and ask yourself, why are people in business in the first place? Why do they start a business? It's because they want control. They want more joy. They want more opportunity in their life. And if you want that, you want to start the right business. And it's about a business and a product that serves the marketplace. But I think you have to understand yourself. And what do you really enjoy? What brings you joy? You know, the saying that if you do what you love, you never have to work a day in your life. 
that's the model that you really want to operate with because business is not easy. Being an entrepreneur isn't less difficult or less hard than being a corporate executive or a corporate manager. In fact, many people will tell you it's even harder. They're working longer hours, uh, but they love it. That's the, that's the joy. And so when you find that joy, um, then, then all the work, all the adversity, everything else, I mean, you're willing to climb those mountains, climb those hurdles. So I think it's, it's, it is certainly studying the marketplace. That's an important piece. But I think it's also understanding you and what do you love to do? What do you really have that is unique or special in the way you think the, the, what's important to you, what you value, and creating products and services around that that serve the marketplace? Because when you're in that space, now, now you're ready to take on the challenges. If, you, if, you're, if you're not behind it 100%, 1,000%, it's going to be double or triple hard. A thousand percent. <laughs> I sort of like that. <laughs> A thousand percent. And I know what you mean by that. Okay, now let's put it this way. Uh, it is very, very hard to start a business and run it. Why should somebody take that kind of sacrifice? Why? Okay, so why did I take that sacrifice? Um, you know, I had a good corporate job. I was making good money, paying the bills, putting my kids through college, doing all that kind of stuff. Um, and, and here's the thing. I wanted control over my life. I wanted to be able to go see my son's football games, which were at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, I wanted to work when I wanted to work. I wanted to... Um, be able to take the ceiling off of my income. Uh, I wanted to be able to make a bigger difference, make a bigger impact. And now not everybody wants to be a business owner and certainly not everybody's cut out for being a business owner. And you, you look at the statistics, you know, 80% of businesses, small businesses don't make it to the fifth year. Um, but if, if you have those drives, those desires, that's, that's when you're ready to step out and you have to be ready and willing to deal with the adversity. There's a lot of learning. I was an expert in my field in the corporate space. Uh, when it came to running a small business, I had to learn a lot of things. I, had a, um, you know, I, I never was a finance guy, never an accounting guy. But guess what? You got to have your accounting and finances together when you run a small business. You got to learn how to do it. And it's not always fun. Sometimes it's a little painful. It has to happen. And if you're not in the right place, it's going to be really hard. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that, that is why it is important, like you said before, the continuous learning is crucial. Uh, it's very important if you, if you want to remain in business. Because one thing is to start a business. The other one, of course, is to remain in business. So uh, it, it is very important, the, the continuous learning. Now, what I am uh, sort of uh, want to remain with now is also uh, you, uh, in that you were in the corporate world. When did you realize that you were going to leave that corporate world and start out and strike out on your own? Is it because something happened or is it an idea that will, that will be coming to you? Because there are a lot of people out there today who uh, who think that they, they want to be on their own, but they never make the move. And many of them will never make the move. So for you, how did it happen? Was it like a kind of uh, one day you just decide that you, you, you don't want to work for somebody or for a company anymore? Or is it something that you were building uh, for, for some time then one day you decide to make the move? Well, I think, I think for me, the idea w was a, a buildup. I was traveling uh, five days a week for corporate business. 
didn't get to see my family that much. I was missing out on a lot of things, and I was just becoming more and more disappointed, disillusioned, unhappy with the the corporate role that I was playing. And it was interesting because I, I had conversations with my wife at the time, and she did not like the idea of me starting my own business or changing because she's very security conscious and um, really encouraged me to stay in the corporate world. So I didn't. But then in 2010, the company I worked for, now this was the Great Recession, right? Remember, this is when we had the financial meltdown. And the company I worked for decided to move to Dallas, Texas. And I live in California. My kids are in high school, um, middle school. And moving to Dallas was just not something I wanted to do. I did not want to uproot my kids. And so I was right then. It was like, okay, go back into corporate, find another corporate job. And if you do, you know, sign up. You're in it for the long haul. Or is it time to start a new business? And I decided that that was the right time. And so I was uh, you know, made a decision to, to identify the business I wanted to be in. I actually took a couple of different assessments to help me understand what I was really good at, some of the things that I could really do and do well, make an impact with. Uh, made a decision in the coaching space, invested in the coaching space, and uh, haven't looked back. It's was the best one of the best decisions I've ever made. I mean, it, I'm much happier today than I ever was in the corporate environment. That's interesting. That's interesting. <laughs> okay, um, you decided to stop working in the corporate world and decide to strike out on your own, which of course means that you jump into a different terrain, working in a different uh, attitude, which means you are going to experience something. Uh, okay, let's say you are going to experience a lot of joy. But here, yeah, you're also going to experience some difficulty, challenges, uh, because um, like you already said, it is difficult to, uh, to strike out for yourself uh, running a business. You are going to have to put in 1,000%, okay? So now, share with us, what has been your main challenges in running your own business? Well, well I understand that, that uh, initially, it is the adversity of having to run your business and learn all these other new tools. Like I say, it's financial systems, sales systems, CRM systems. There's all kinds of things that you have to learn. Um, and so there's a real impact on your time because no matter what happens, there's still only 24 hours in a day. And uh, so you have to really get dialed in on what's most important because you can't do it all at once. And the, the rule of thumb uh, is to pick the one thing that's most important and knock it out, kill it, finish it, and then go on to the next one. If you try to do two, 10 things at once, uh, you'll never make any progress. You know, it's just, it just doesn't work that way. And because it, it is so, there is so much challenge in learning new things and you're going to make mistakes, you really have to stay focused on it and manage your time effectively. The other thing that I learned is, uh, and this was, this was, I didn't know I was going to learn this, but you know, in the corporate world, you know, everybody's got an education, everybody's familiar with goals, everybody's familiar with benchmarking, everybody's familiar with, you know, we're all speaking the same language. We all grew up the same way. But once you move to small business, now these people haven't been in the corporate world. Maybe they didn't go to college. Um, you know, maybe they're in the trades. That doesn't mean they're any good. They're not good. They're, they're probably really good at what they are, but, but they don't speak the same language. They don't have the same mindset. They don't have the same attitude. Um, and that was really one of my biggest, uh, well, I would say it was my biggest growth curve is learning and understanding the small business mindset. 
because you can do it, it means other people can, can do it. But if we look at the statistics, if we look at uh, the world we live in, whether you are talking of the situation in the US or in Italy where I live or in UK, we see that only a small fraction of the population are really into the production of the goods and services we consume. And the majority of the people continuously consume it. Which means that there are, uh, uh, there are a lot of space for people to come in and do something new and move out maybe from the corporate world and stand for something of their own. Of course, I'm not saying that if you remain in the corporate world, you are useless. I'm only saying that, okay, when you start a business, that is, you are in playing a different ball game altogether. So the question for you now, Mr. John, is why do you think the majority of the people never make this move? Why? Okay, so why don't people change? I think that's the question you're asking me, right? Yeah. Even even when change looks good, I mean, and 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 the reason is um, the resistance comes from uncomfortability, right? They don't know with certainty that that's going to be effective. Uh, there's a there's a rule that I follow called Gleischer's formula for behavioral change, and basically it says, hey, everybody is resistant to change. And the way you overcome that change is there's so much pain, so much gain, and there's a process that allows you to get there. But the reality is that the, um, the degree of change, the intensity of change, increases the intensity of resistance. And some people just aren't willing to do that. You look at abusive relationships. You know, you have women and men that stay in abusive relationships, even though they could leave and get to something better, but they don't know what something better is, and so they stay where they're at. It's a it's a real odd psychological phenomenon, but it's the same process. You know, change is hard. Take change takes energy, effort. Uh, sometimes it costs money. It takes time, and um, you're, there's no there's no guarantee. So we stay where we're at. We stay where we are. <laughs> okay. Now I want to ask you uh, something uh, important also. This is a kind of a speculation that I that I hear often, so I want your uh, your take on it. It has some people say that ah, well, if you are in, you are doing business because you are in US, in that it's easier to do business in US. Of course, you said before that you you were in a place, then you have to relocate to another place, uh, um, uh, even within the US also. So the question for you is: Is it really true that our businesses? only function uh, because you are in U.S. or something. But of course, it's also true that businesses are in everywhere. No? Because I remember, for example, a very important book that I read, uh, which was um, The Science of, uh, of Getting Rich uh, by Walter Wallace. He said that, except, of course, you are going, you are going into a rock. Wherever you are, you can do business. No? So I'm really like throwing the question to you. <laughs> Are you, doing, are you able to do business because you are only in a particular part of the world or you can really do business almost anywhere you are? Of course, I'm, yeah. I'm asking you the question because you are a business coach. Apart from just owning a business, you are a coach. You are a teacher of business. So you know both the principle and also the practical. So that is why I'm really throwing the question to you. I, I would tell you it could be done any place. It doesn't matter. In fact, the Internet... Uh, digital revolution has allowed us to, um, you know, make make and sell products around the world. Doesn't matter. You know, business has been around since the beginning of time. I mean, there's challenges. Obviously, I think some countries have more regulations, less regulations. There's um, different rules that you have to operate with. But in every arena, you'll find 
successful businesses. It doesn't matter. And now today, if you have a cell phone, you could have a business. You don't even need a computer. A cell phone is, you know, it's more powerful than anything I had until 10 years ago. I'm talking of, um, of you as a coach and therefore the people you are coaching. What do you tell them is the most uh, is the biggest challenge of the 21st century business because the kind of business that we have today is relatively different. Uh, Peter Drucker and other people, of course, have been, uh, been talking about the idea of moving from a purely physical goods to service economy, talking of the knowledge economy, where uh, what the economy that is being run is not only about uh, only the product, but also the service. If you are in service, of course, the internet, of course, have revolutionized it, and it also has its own complexity. So what do you see or what do you teach your, your students as the, the biggest challenge of the 21st century business? Well, I think, I think the biggest challenge is the oldest challenge, and that's people. People are the hardest um, things to understand on the planet. We're all a little bit different. If you think about it, uh, technology, has technology has changed rapidly. In fact, the pace of change from a technology standpoint is accelerating. It's not decelerating. And people haven't changed at all. The way we think, the way we process, the way we move. And so that particular challenge, when, especially when it comes to scale, if you're, if you're just going to run a solo business, you're the only person, you have total control over you. But as soon as you introduce other employees, other service providers, now you're introducing other people. And that challenge is going to be the biggest challenge forever. It's never going to change. However, I will tell you that technology is the next biggest challenge. And it's important that we understand and we put those in that order, people and then technology, because technology is going to continue to change. It's accelerating. The pace of change is accelerating. And it's interesting. These days, it's not so much the big eating the small as it is the fast eating the slow. So those people that can change and shift and move and use technology and get their people to use that technology effectively are going to have a big advantage in the marketplace. Uh, you see, I was reading an article recently, and I'm going to uh, quote a part of it here. Uh, it said that uh, it is a terrible time for small businesses. Of course, I'm considering uh, the idea that big businesses are small businesses. They are basically not exactly the same thing, even though maybe some of the things might, might be the same. Of course, looking at the time that we are today, I found this article to be actually very important. And the writer, Kerry Hannon, cited a thought which reads, the truth is, no one knows what next because no one has seen anything like the current intersection of crisis. So, we are talking of the situation that is relatively complex. How do you see the future of small businesses? Because that article just said that if you are a small business or if you play small, <laughs> there are there are chances that you might you might have some challenges. So what is your take on that? Well, I, I think business is here to stay. I mean, forever people will want their own control and want their ability to manage their lives more effectively and not want to depend on or work for somebody else for their living and their livelihood. I don't think that's going away anymore. I think it's um, the opportunity for small business success is greater today than it was Yesterday, the internet, digital technology allows us to be to serve the the world globally, and uh, so I think that opportunity exists. And I don't think small business is going anywhere. I do think that the the challenge with small business is, you know, you don't have the reserves. So if, so if you have a corporation and you make a mistake and it costs you a million dollars, you have a million dollars and then you go on. 
Um, but if you are a small business owner and you make a mistake and it costs a million dollars, that might be the end of the business, right? It might, you might not even have a million dollars in fact to, to do it. So <clears throat> the big difference is that the small business owner um, you know, has to be super cautious about their risks and their investments because they don't have a big set of reserves that they can lean on. Most often they don't. And one of our goals as a small business owner is to build up those reserves so that when adversity strikes and you don't get to decide when adversity strikes, uh, you only get to decide how to respond. And you know, you've got the reserves and the wherewithal to be able to deal with and respond effectively to adversity. Um, as a small business owner, I think the most important thing is to, is to manage your attitude because stuff is gonna come at you. There's all kinds of new things you don't know. They might change the laws. They might do this. All kinds of things. And you have to be prepared to respond effectively. Responding effectively means that you're going to proactively go out there and tackle and pivot and shift and do whatever it takes to make your business survive. Um, and if you don't have the right attitude, and I wrote this book uh, back in 2017. It's called Checkmate. Winning Tactics for Translating Ideas into Money. I'm not certain I really like the title, but <laughs> the idea is my system, my process, seven steps. But the very first thing in that list is attitude. And if you don't have the right attitude, you don't need to read the rest of the book. You don't need to start a business. Because that attitude, without that, the ability to overcome adversity, to deal with whatever gets thrown your way, um, it's better just to stay. It's a lot easier to make money just to collect a paycheck than it is to go be a business owner. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, maybe that also the why. That is the why a lot of people don't want to change because at the end of the of the month you cash in the the check. So why do you have to hustle? <laughs> it's simple. It's easy. It's comfortable. You can count on it. <laughs> All right. Uh, now, John, I you you mentioned something that is very important, which is attitude. Now, the thing about attitude is that you you either have it or you don't, and when you don't. That is only one thing. You either learn to cultivate it or you're never going to have it. So as a coach, how do you approach this attitude change? Because you are saying, now referring also to your book, if you don't have the right attitude for business, you are never going to succeed in it. And it's supposed to be plain and simple. So how do we cultivate that right attitude for business? Really, so you're, you're looking at... Um, continuous improvement, and there's a there's sort of what, what I call above-the-line and below-the-line approaches, sort of the victor-victim model. So the victor, right, the right attitude is somebody that's proactive, uh, responsible, takes ownership, has vision, believes in doing the best they can every time. And the victim attitude is really somebody that might blame somebody else or makes excuses or is negative or in denial or subscribes to this scarcity mindset that there's not enough to go around, so why should I even bother? So, so if you have a model that says, okay, here's the right attitude, here's the, here's the less effective attitude or the victim attitude, then we can talk about, you know, what do we have to do to stay above the line? How can I stay above here? And, we, and you know, by the way, you can't stay up there 100% of the time. You know, stuff's going to happen. You're going to. The idea is that what is to recognize it when you've slipped below the line, and then fight and scratch and claw and get back above the line. And if you can't do it by yourself, raise your hand and go get some help. I mean, that's absolutely critical. Now, you you mentioned something. Say that people can't change. You know, people will change if there's enough value. Now, that doesn't mean that that they all will see the value. But if you have somebody that's 
you know, borderline victim behavior or something like that, and you can explain the value of operating more at a higher level victor behavior, then they might slowly move in that direction. And then we reinforce every one of those moves, reward and reinforce every one of those moves. So we continue that activity. Um, and then at the same time, when they dip below the line, we ask them, you know, what's going on? How did, how can I help you? Now, some people will never move above the line. Some people will never do it. In which case, um, if you're a small business owner, you cannot afford to have one of those guys on the team because they are, uh, it's catching. It's catching. That behavior is very, when somebody looks and says, well, that person does this and succeeds, then they think they can. And eventually, you know, it can spread throughout your whole organization. So as soon as you find somebody that is unable or unwilling to move in the right direction, um, then you have to make a different kind of decision with your business. I'm going to write that down. It's very important. <laughs> it can spread like the virus. <laughs> it does. It does. It's crazy. Um, and I will tell you that that for, I, I would say, 8 out of 10 businesses that I serve, uh, we find somebody like that. And uh, sometimes we can you know, sort of rehabilitate them and their attitude, and sometimes we can't. And that one thing is probably what's holding back that business from greater success. Thank you so much. Again, it is important to reiterate that attitude is everything. <laughs> attitude is very, very important. And because we are in a moment that is really uh, very complicated, like we said before in the video, I want to believe that your students do have some, some worries, some preoccupation that they tell you about, about this time. Doing business about this time. Of course, for some people, it could be the easiest way if you have been preparing for it. Because if you are not prepared, because they say opportunity will always come. But it is the people who will benefit from the opportunity are those who prepare for it. If you are not prepared for it, then it is nothing. So what are the preoccupations or what are the, your students worried about of this particular time of doing business in 2021? And what do you usually tell them? Maybe they want to start a business or continuously run the one that they have. Well, um, so I think there's two things. You know, COVID isn't over. It's not done. And so, you know, they're worried about health, uh, health for themselves, health for their family, health for their uh, employees. Um, they're worried about, you know, how am I going to get, how am I going to start back up, right? Because everybody's, you know, the vast majority of workers have gone into this remote space. Um, and so do I bring them back into the office uh, or the shop, or do we continue to work remotely? And then I think you've got a couple sort of classic worries. Taxes are a worry, and that's never going to change. Uh, and governmental uh, regulations, compliance issues are never going to change. I mean, we saw in California, and I, I don't know Italy as, as well, but in California, uh, the government came in and just unilaterally said, okay, we're going to shut down. We're non-essential businesses don't get to work anymore. You don't, you don't get to make any more money. And that's, that's, uh, that's been a big, obviously big issue. And I, I clearly, I understand there's COVID and we're having to deal with it. And I'm not going back to argue whether that was right or wrong, but here's the government coming in saying, you can't do it anymore. And so there's a fear from, uh, you know, sort of a compliance and regulation standpoint and taxes, um, that, that those those fears will never they will never go away, <laughs> um, but I think then it's just employees, employee health, and then technology, and how can I compete? How can I be more effective? Um, and 
how can I generate more revenue? How can I have better balance in my life? Those are some of the other things that small business owners are wrestling with. And, and what do you what do you tell them in a way to sort of um, reassure them so that they can they can uh, keep on fighting? COVID nineteen is a leveler. In that, after COVID nineteen, the world that we have is going to be different. Of course, it's not going to turn upside down, <laughs> but it's going to be a completely different kind of world. So, what do you tell your your student to so that they can continue to have the courage to fight on? Because if there was no COVID nineteen. It was going to be difficult anyway. This just make it more difficult. It doesn't mean we are going to give up. We are going to keep on fighting. So what do you tell them? Well, I mean, COVID isn't the first thing that came in and wiped everybody out. Look in history. I mean, there's been adversity that has hit us and hit humanity since the beginning of time. Um, and humans are remarkably resilient, remarkably creative. Um, they, we can always come up with solutions and ideas, we, but we have to be receptive and we have to be willing to change, which isn't always easy. Not everybody's willing to change as, as quickly. Um, but but COVID, is just the, the COVID is just the last in a long, long list of disasters and adversity that has struck the planet. And we've recovered. And the new normal is not going to be the same as the old normal. Um, we're going to have to figure it out. Those people that are willing and, and ready to adapt to change, those people that can change faster, are going to have an advantage. We are going to adapt. <laughs> I like that. We are going to have to adapt uh, to the system. Uh, in fact, we always adapt. That is how we survive. <laughs> because if we don't adapt, then we would have been gone thousands of years ago. All right. That will be about it for the, for the trouble. Now, the concluding part of it usually has some recommendation. Now... Let's call it the, the solution. So what do you think are the good business tip that people should adapt to today in order to survive in businesses? Everything has to be goal-centric. You have to understand where you're going, what you're trying to achieve, and then you need to create a plan that allows you to move from where you are today to that goal, whatever that happens to be. And then you have to have a process to course correct that plan, because that plan is the best thinking that we have today, but tomorrow something's new is gonna happen, the day after that, next week, et cetera, et cetera. And we have to course correct that plan all the time. It's sort of like the uh, airplane that's going from New York to Los Angeles. It's off course most of the time, but there's this autopilot thing that just continues to course correct it and it lands. So, <clears throat> so we've gotta have a course correction strategy that allows us to evaluate the data that we're seeing on a day-to-day -day basis and correct our, our path so that we can achieve our goal. And focus on the on the root cause of success. Now, most people will say, hey, the way we measure success in business is how much money we make. But you, money's a result of the actions that you take. And you have to focus in on those actions that generate the money. And you want to go down to the root cause. What is the very first set of actions that's necessary to generate the results that we're, we're looking for. So focusing in on the root cause is really the driver. And it could be could be adversity, it could be uh, attitude. That might be the root cause of what is either holding you back or accelerating you. And then you think about clarity. Do we have consistency? Do we have the, do we have the right team? Do we have the right people? Do we have the right technology? All of those things are gonna come into play 
Um, but everything is based on your goal and your plan. Thank you so much for that. Uh, now, um, during the one of the questions, at least more than one question I remember, we talked about uh, small businesses. Uh, now, what is your recommendation? What do you think they should do? Uh, because I, I think th this moment is particularly challenging for most people that are running small businesses. You know? uh, of course, not only small businesses, but okay, let's say that is the one we are going to be focusing on in this particular part. So what is your recommendation for them to remain afloat? Uh, well, I think, I think pivot, you know, shift, right? What, if it's not working, you have to make a different move. You have to shift. And uh, for a lot of people, they don't know what that shift looks like. And, you know, my recommendation is to engage with trusted advisors. Now, I'm a trusted advisor. I'm a coach. But there's a lot of different ones. So you have CPAs and you have attorneys and you have, you know, all of these different resources that are out there. The thing that you have to do is get out and uh, engage. You can't isolate. If you isolate, then everything will go away. I mean, you get stuck in your head and you can't figure out right from wrong, different, you won't see the other perceptions. Um, you have to get out and, and develop your network and leverage your network of trusted advisors. And you gotta manage your mental health and your, and your attitude. Um, yeah, so, so if, you, if you don't manage your mental health and your attitude, and again, if you isolate, that doesn't help. Um, then, then I think you're headed down a bad rabbit hole. Um, but you're going to have to pivot, and you're going to do that with trusted advisors. Uh, people have been listening to you up to this moment. Uh, perhaps they want to know what they can benefit from you more. You offer coaches, you offer training, you have a book for sale. Tell them, where can they find you, and what do you have for them to, to, get, to benefit from? So I, uh, my website is businesswit.com, www.businesswit.com. Uh, just the word business with my last name in it. Um, and on there, you can get a free copy of my book, Checkmate. Yeah, you can buy my book on Amazon if you look up author John Witt. Um, but you can get a, a PDF copy of my book uh, at no cost um, on the homepage. Just you'll have to scroll down a little bit, but you'll see where you can sign up for it. Then I also have another book coming out. I'm actually writing it right now. It's called Frustration Giants, and it's all about this period of time. It's about the frustrations that come when change happens, when change is thrust on you and you're not really excited about it. And frustration giants, you know, I, I leveraged the, the story of David and Goliath, right? So David was the young guy and he, he was able to kill the giant. And understand that these frustration giants, whenever, you, whenever, whenever the world moves into or you move into a path of uncertainty, then things like frustration start to happen because you don't know what to do or how to do it or where to do it. Um, and these giants, you know, they come by. So there's isolation, right? Which is trying to tell you that you don't need to do anything and you don't need to trust anybody else. It's all in your own head. That's absolutely wrong. Got to fight that giant. Um, doubt, right? Am I, should I do this? Should I do that? There's doubts that you have to deal with. Um, there's the, the unwillingness to change or what I call the laziness giant because there's work and effort to change. Um, there's the double-mindedness giant where you, you, you focus on one thing and then another and another. You're trying to do too many things at once. Um, and ultimately, there's this uh, one that's really debilitating is the fear of rejection, right? Your new idea, your new concept, it's not going to work. I'm not going to go out there. I'm not going to do that thing. These are the mental giants that they basically undermine the foundation of your thinking. And if you don't know how to fight them and, and, and kick them out, kick those thoughts out of your head, then, you know, you're going to be stuck. They're going to continually make your head spin. And so what I did is I, I, I wrote this book. Um, I've actually produced this video series back in 2018 
Uh, but with this last year, I said, I'm going to write a book. And so, you know, I've kind of put that whole system together. And then there's some worksheets on how to deal with each one of those particular frustration giants. Because it's at the core. It's at the very root cause of our, of our success. And um, so you can go to frustrationgiants.businesswit.com. And you can sign up for that book. Now, it's not done. So you can pre-sign up. It doesn't cost anything. <laughs> Uh, but you can pre-sign up so that when it's ready or as I redo, um, produce excerpts, you'll get a copy up. Fantastic. In fact, I'm looking up to, to that book. Uh, when it comes, we are going to have to talk about it again because I, uh, that I, there is a lot of things you have said that are going into there. <laughs> All right. Uh, now, John, we have come to the end of, um, of the podcast. And I want your final word for the people. Uh, because basically I've talked about a lot of things uh, within the area of business, uh, the tips, what we need to do, what we should avoid uh, so that we can continuously uh, remain in business, we can remain afloat in our business pursuit. Uh, so what would be your final message now to the people? Maybe this is the only part they see in the video and they still get your message to them. Please go ahead. Well, so I think, um, you know, never give up. You know, identify what your dreams are. Uh, and try to get better every single day. Try to achieve those dreams every single day. Don't give up. Don't quit. Um, and I believe that faith is the key. I think, you know, you have to have faith in yourself, but faith in God, that God is here. God is looking forward to you delivering the goods that you were created for. And that, that it's always out there. It's always available. He's always on your side. His love never fails. And uh, he will guide you, even when you think you're at the lowest point, God is still there to help you. And, and that faith is, is the thing that will overcome all the adversity that the earth, the world throws at you. Have faith. I really want to thank you, John, for the, for the time and uh, for the sharing. That this, this has been really uh, very rich at this moment uh, that you share with me here. I try to explain a uh, uh, different part of uh, the business pursuit, uh, what we need to do, how do we need to uh, comport ourselves in the area of business. I really uh, appreciate it, and I believe that our audience have also appreciated it a lot. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure you subscribe so you never miss any of our future episodes. Rate and review Obehead podcast and share with your friends who might need it. I remain Obehead A14. Thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you in the next episode.